news at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 401 now of the Ron and Don Show. And hell yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, don't forget, it's a summer driving season. If you need some new tires. Yeah, go to Les Schwab right now. Have them check their tread. And believe me, this is the time of the year you want to do it. If you're going to be taking any road trips, they can save 150 bucks on four new tires with Les Schwab Finance. Yeah, if you're thinking about buying a house right now, you might need a bridge loan. What is a bridge loan and who could help? Yeah, Mitch. Dot loans. Uh, he's our loan guy here on the Ron and Don Show, and so you can check him out. You save a half a percent uh, on the value of your loan if you're in the Ron and Don Nation. How about that? And then finally, I uh, want to thank us for sponsoring today's show. If you need us, let's sit down. Ron and Don, sit down.com, or just email me directly, Ron at Windermere.com. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, by the time you hear this, the movie may be already out. There's been some sneak peeks of Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, we're finding out, did not want to be in Top Gun, right? Because his throat cancer, but Tom Cruise demanded and made sure that Val was in the film. It's a great story we're going to tell you about. Also, three topics in three minutes, including the one pairing decision and maybe the only decision that really matters. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. If you're taking a mental health day, my son every once in a while will tell me that he needs a mental health day. But is having a mental health day sitting at home, eating pizza, watching TV, and I don't know, uh, maybe eating a little ice cream after that pizza. Uh, Experts are saying now, if you're going to take a mental health day, really take a mental health day that maybe looks like this. Yeah, I found this to be really interesting because sometimes I do just that. Maybe not pizza and ice cream, but it's like, oh, I I need to unwind a little bit. I'm going to lay low. Maybe binge watch the last episodes of Ozark, which I just did. We can talk about the ending at another time and and do a version of what you said. And they said, if you're going to do that, uh, a couple things that really jumped out to me. Number one, try to disconnect from your devices. And number two, get outside. Uh, and they're like, if you really want to recharge mentally, um, sitting around on your couch, th- scrolling through devices and eating poorly really doesn't accomplish that. And in fact, sometimes that can lead you darker down, like if you're on the verge of being depressed or something, that sort of nudges you in the wrong way. Getting outside and putting the devices down, disconnecting from that uh, is more of the way to go. I got to admit that that's easier said than done. It's one of those things that is common sense, but then when you try to actually do it when you're in that headspace, uh, I find it difficult. Yeah. So... It, it, we've been we've been playing around with this at my house because we're trying to take mental health moments during the course of the week, and we're learning. Like on Mondays, it's it's a no screen Monday, uh, and no screens. I mean the big screens, and then I also mean I have to be on my computer screen and on my phone. I just have to be for our business, but we don't turn the TV on. I rarely. I mean, it's. Do you ever come over here and the TV's on? It's rarely. It's really on. I used to have, I have five TVs in the house. That TV in this room has been on twice, I think. Back in the day, you used to have like 24 hour Always. news. Oh, on. I'd have sports going, CNN going, Fox going. Yeah, I'd have all that stuff going. It was crazy. 
And 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 now it w- it was interesting because on Monday we have these two chairs that we sit in downstairs and sometimes we eat dinner. And so my son and I, we went on a walk together and then we rode bikes and, and we did something with Charlie. We had some chores around here that we had to do because we're learning about chores now. And we, we uh, did some folding of the clothes and some other stuff. And then we had dinner and then we just, we lit the family candle and the sun was starting to go down and we just sat downstairs and, and my son likes practicing having discussions because he wants to be more interesting to girls. Uh-huh. So we've been practicing being more interesting. And are you, you're playing the part of the young lady? No, no, no. I don't, we just, he want, he, what he wants to do is he wants to ask me how my day was. Hmm. So I uh, say, so he asked me how my day was and then he'll ask me, he'll, he'll, and, and then he'll probe some of the things that I say. Because he thinks that that will make him more interesting. It will make him and more interesting. And I'm like, that does make... And I've never told him that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such an old soul. And so and so the next thing you know, it, it, it's 9 o'clock and around here, 9 o'clock, because we get up early, it, it's time to go to bed. So we had a really good Monday. And then on Tuesday... Two t- for Tuesday with the classics? I'm going to invite you over because we really look forward to Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, we take Charlie for a big walk. This is the day that we go to the pet store, so Charlie loves it. This is his day, too. This is when we always buy Charlie his treats. Then we go to a park where there's a a bunch of dogs. It's not a dog park. It's just a park with a lot of dogs. Uh, And I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want everyone to show up with their dog. Big Howe Park up in Tuscany. So uh, we're up there. And and, and then we come home, and we we have some more chores we have to do, but that's pizza night. And we always get uh, double pepperoni. We get the 17-inch, the pegliashi, and then we get the salad with that. And then on that night, that is the night that we get to turn the TV up as loud as we want to. We could turn it up to 100. And, and, and that's when we usually watch some kind of new movie that we haven't seen before. Or you rewatch a Marvel movie for the 17th <laughs> No, time. yeah, we do. But what we watched this week, and I had never seen, and I learned something this week. I had never seen a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I had never seen one. And I was curious because my son had come home the other day and he was with a caregiver that had been watching information about Johnny Depp. And my son had a lot of opinions about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. So he's telling me these opinions. I know his opinions because it's one of the things that we talked about on Monday when we were sitting in our chairs and we were trying to be more interesting to each other. So he had a lot of opinions about this, and he really wants to see Johnny Depp back in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And he told me why he thought Johnny Depp should be given another chance. And then he and then, and then he said, Daddy, if you've never seen him in this movie, you have to see him. So we watched a Pirates of the Caribbean, I think the one that was filmed in 2003. We, we watched this the other night together. This is what I learned. If you go back and you look at Johnny Depp where he lost uh, his defamation suit in England... He's a completely different Johnny Depp than you see on the stand here in the United States. Do you know who he is when he's on the stand in the United States? If you, if you, re- and, and, and I'm like, that is Captain Jack Sparrow. Right. He is playing the part of Captain Jack Sparrow. He's even up there being a little drunk. He's being a little funny. He's being a little fun. He's being flippant. He has the exact same rings on. The exact same rings that he wears in the movie. And I know this because I watched the movie with fresh eyes because I've never seen it. And I went, oh, my God. He's behaving. 
incredibly differently than he was in the UK. He is Captain Jack Sparrow. And that is why right now he is winning the hearts and minds of the internet and he is winning the hearts and minds of Americans. That blows me away. But nonetheless, I think just time blocking, mental health, where you do different things, you plan different things, and really a pizza night, is that something to look forward to? We look forward to it every week, and he looks for it because every Wednesday he knows that two slices are going to be left over, and those are going to go in his lunch. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. They've been sponsors of the Ron and Don Show for going over a decade. You know, summer's almost here. That means it's time to have your tire tread checked at Les Schwab. One of those regular maintenance things that we never do. Why should we do that? Because that tread is literally where the rubber meets the road. Stop by Les Schwab and have your tire tread checked for free. No charge at all. Or schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. And if you do need new tires, right now you can save up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Life comes at you fast. If it's time to downsize, upsize, or right-size your home, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Kim Webb. Hi, I'm Kendall Webb. I'm actually from Colorado. We had always hoped that someday we would be able to move here. And when COVID hit, he was able to request to work remotely permanently. We found a house that we absolutely fell in love with. And so what that created was a situation where, shoot, we're not prepared to sell the house in Duval, but we could have to do that quick. We did the Ron and Don sit down. Ron stepped right in, sent us all the comp information. Don sent us a list of all the things that we needed to begin to consider. Don, he was all over my property, uh, helping me uh, get the the landscaping pulled together, um, making sure that it was going to show well. We ended up placing it on the market where we felt we would be happy. Uh, if we got that number. And as it turned out on offer review day, we had five offers that were well over our expectations. We were absolutely ecstatic. The sale price was 55K over ask, and that just blew us away. They negotiated the absolute best price we could have gotten for that home. We are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player. We'd also love if you gave us a review. Now let's get back to building Ted. I mean Laverne and Shirley. No, seriously, it's R&D and with me, that's three. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. What did you just tell me? On I said uh, Jack Sparrow. So Johnny Depp is playing Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow is playing Keith Richards from I, the Rolling Stones. I didn't know that. Exactly. Like, oh, it's, it's exact. You're right. The whole anyway, look. that's what he's doing in court. And I bet he gets another chance at... at that $22 million that he lost uh, in that film. Let's do three topics, three minutes. You ready? And then we'll talk about Top Gun and how top-notch everyone is saying it is and how uh, Tom Cruise fought for Val Kilmer. Uh, let me throw out three topics. We'll do a minute on each topic. Topic number one, uh, the one parenting decision that matters, according to an article that you and I just read, is about the neighborhood and not moving away from that neighborhood, if it's a good neighborhood, 
when your child is growing up? What say you? Yeah, there was an economist that did a study, uh, and it's sort of uh, in the nature-nurture paradigm that we've heard our entire lives. But they were trying to tease out what are the important factors for children, child development, the whole nine. And so there's all those famous twin studies of twins being separated at birth, and one grew up in a different circumstance than the other. So it goes through this whole thing. I guess there was a uh, in Korea, a situation where kids were given to other families. And he goes through all these studies and he basically boils it down to the neighborhood you choose is the biggest factor uh, in determining what your child, uh, what their outcome is going to be. And, and for instance, he gives one example that I remember. There was some neighborhood where it's like the highest density of women that hold patents. It was in, I don't remember, it might have been in Michigan, I think, or somewhere. I forget the exact neighborhood. But there was there's a specific neighborhood where you just it's just in in that neighborhood, this happens frequently. And so they say the likelihood of a girl growing up in that neighborhood also getting a patent is like astronomically higher than if she lived in any other neighborhood in America. And so and you could even be in a household where your mother or sister doesn't have a patent, but you live in the neighborhood where women have patents, you're more likely to have patents. And so if you live in a neighborhood uh, and you're surrounded, the ether, in a sense, is known for a certain thing, you are more likely to do that more so, this guy argues, more so than genetics and more so than the familial dynamic, which I... I have a little bit of a hard time believing that, but he, and he also said, Hey, if like, if you're a bookworm and you come from a family of bookworms, like, is that really environment? Or like, would you have read books if you're in a neighborhood that has access to a lot of books? Yeah. But then let's start thinking about what's in the neighborhood too, though. Right. Is there a YMCA in your neighborhood? Uh, you often, often hear when people are being racist saying black people can't swim and they're too muscular and they, they float to the, they can't float, which is horrific, right? What you find out is where a lot of black people have grown up, uh, there wasn't a YMCA. Where I grew up, there was a YMCA, which was a free place for me to go learn to swim. And so that's how I would learn to swim. You you also think about in our neighborhood, uh, growing up in Illinois, there was a huge farmer's field across the street where I would go with all my friends. And in a very safe fashion, we would go play in that field uh, we go get in trummer, trouble with the farmer, and but we would build forts. We would ride mini bikes. We would ride our snowmobiles. We do all kinds of cool social stuff. There was never none of us ever had to sell drugs. Uh, never, uh, never. We we were never fearful of someone coming in and shooting us in the farmer's field. So I, I, I and then I think about the schools that I've always been. I, I went to Woodland uh, Park Elementary School a top-notch elementary school in Illinois. And then when we moved to New Mexico, my my mother was really insistent on living in a neighborhood that was connected to a particular school. And in this particular school, I got, I got a better college education in high school than I did when I went to college. College was very disappointing to me. The type of education that I received, versus, and I never graduated, versus, versus what happened in high school. So I... I I, I think if, when you're talking about the neighborhood, you have to consider, were you involved in that church? The, the, were you involved in the synagogue? Were you involved in the, in the temple in that neighborhood? 
Uh, were there block parties in that neighborhood, parades in that neighborhood? Uh, were there stores where you could buy fresh fruit in the neighborhood? There's a lot of stores where you can't do that, right? So so I think there, there's a lot to that when we talk about the neighborhood. Yeah, so that's uh, an interesting study, and hopefully it might take some pressure off someone that feels like they have to over-schedule and over-activity-ize your youngster. Yeah, all right, story number two, doing three minutes on uh, three topics here. Charles Barkley said this a little tongue-in-cheek, but then I don't think it was tongue-in-cheek. There's something going on at NBA games right now where fans feel like it's okay not to just heckle the players and say horrific things to the players, but also to do that to their families, to identify their families in the stands and to really go after their family members as a result. And some of the family members don't want to sit up in the press box or they don't want to sit up in one of the luxury boxes where they'd be separate from the fans because the game is different when you get closer to the court, especially in basketball and especially in hockey. It's different when you sit up in a luxury box somewhere. It might be fun once in a while because you get a piece of rubber chicken and maybe you get to eat a fajita uh, that was served up last night at the ends game. Nobody ate it, so now it ended up in your luxury box. Sometimes that's what it tastes like. Uh, But what say you? Charles Barkley says, you know what I would like to see? Let's bring the fans down to center court And here in Seattle, you can do this. Uh, We saw this with a gentleman who used to pretend he was a a superhero. And you would see him beating the hell out of people in front of the police here in Seattle. Because in Seattle, there's there's a rule. There's, There's a rule of law that says you can do mutual combat. So if Ron and I were to go outside right now and agree that we're going to beat the hell out of each other and we're going to do mutual combat... We're actually allowed to do that as long as we're not using weaponry. We can beat the hell out of each other. And if the police came and we were fighting, are you guys okay? Yeah. What are you doing? We're just fighting. We're doing mutual combat. We've agreed to this. Uh, The police have to let us fight. So that's what Charles Barkley would like to see in NBA arenas around the country. When these fans start going after our family members, bring them down to center court. Let's do some mutual combat. And I believe this story involves Chris Paul. Uh, NBA playoffs. Chris Paul is his mother and, and wife, and I think another family member were sitting courtside. And uh, he alleges that, and it was a younger fan. This fan, I think, was still a teenager. Young boy. Yeah. That he put his hands on his his mom, Chris Paul's mom, and then they had a timeout, and he was yakking, uh, and he could hear him, and and he, he wanted to. Con- they, there was a confrontation, and they had to remove this fan. Uh, from the audience, but this is where Charles Barkley said, hey man, let that fan fan such a big mouth, let him come out and like do five minutes with an NBA player and see how that would go. Uh, I don't think... The ratings would be amazing. This would be amazing. <laughs> I, I never want to land on the side of violence. I know what Charles Barkley is, is saying and the sentiment and how appealing it is on one level, um, but I, I do think there needs to be a shorter fuse especially down there by the court. This kid was John for a while. And uh, if you get to the point where you're touching people, like you said, you don't like to be touched. If you're touching someone's family member, that ejection needed to happen do you, immediately. Do you blame us on some of the players, though? Because it used to be when you and I were growing up and we we're playing football, we weren't allowed to put our finger in the air and say number one because we're not. We we're driving on the bus to the game. We weren't allowed to talk. We weren't allowed to say anything. No. We weren't allowed to say anything until the ball was kicked, and then he had all this rage and anger and fun and joy that would come out. That was really cool. 
But now you go to a high school game and I volunteer some time at some high school games here. And and these kids are all jawing at each other and the things that they say, and the parents are all jawing up in the stands too. And the things that they're saying to the other parents and the other fans, it's pretty remarkable. Our culture has changed. And you go back to listening to Gary Payton when we would go in 1997 and we would watch Supersonics play. The fans would be quiet because you wanted to hear what Gary had to say to Michael Jordan when he was jawing on him, right? You wanted to hear what Barkley had to say to the Rain Man because these guys were sitting there jawing each other. It's been part of the NBA culture and part of sports culture, but now it's got carried away in the sands, I think. Yeah, no, I like the evolution of fans. I like baseball where a young player flips his bat. I I like a guy, you know, showing off when he does something. I I wish there was more celebration in the NFL. It's an entertainment. It's entertainment. Let them express their emotions. Um, I think it's a fan problem. I think there are certain fans that think we spent X amount of dollars to be courtside at this NBA game. That gives me license to do whatever I want. And that's not true. Yeah. Finally, Mark Cuban in our three topics in three minutes. He's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He sold broadcast.com. He's worth almost $5 billion. And he did something very unique. In fact, uh, one of our old producers, Katie Darrell, works for him in the Bay Area on a, uh, a TV company that he owns. And he used to do something very unique. If you had an idea in business, he had a Gmail account and just Gmail him. And he got back to everyone, even if he wasn't interested in your business and he would coach you up. He would take the time to coach people up, which is incredible to me. Uh, Mark Cuban is a different guy, but to me, Ron, he's a good guy. He's on the player side in the NBA. Uh, I think he is on the, the right side of... Uh, a lot of good things. He's done a lot of good philanthropy with his money, with his power, with his platform. And even when you watch him on Shark Tank, to almost every person on there, and 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 sometimes you have to, when people get on there and they're acting a little crazy and they're just trying to be on TV and they didn't come there because they had a real good idea. It's just a TV moment. When, when he sees somebody that maybe is struggling, but they have a good idea and they have the stuff, the right stuff, a lot of times he'll partner with them and he'll throw some money or he'll say, do this and come back and he'll partner with them. This is interesting because Mark Cuban said a number of years ago that when it comes to the cost of drugs in America, that he was going to force drug prices to come down. And everybody said that would be impossible because to do that, you're going to have to take down big pharma. Mark Cuban said, no, I'm not. And there's an article out today that says Mark Cuban has done it. He has taken on Big Pharma. And as we speak, he is driving down the price of prescriptions. What say you yeah, about I, Mark Cuban? Because uh, you, we, li- we, lived in, we lived in Dallas with him when he was on, his, on the rise. And I would go to a gym. And when I was teaching a spin class, I'd watch him play pickup basketball every day. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I heard a podcast with him recently with Brian Koppelman where he talks about this drug company. And the drug company is called Mark Cuban's Drug Company. Is that right? Or or Cost Plus Drugs or something like that. And it's a really interesting model. So he had a cold email that came in from a doctor, uh, like a PhD guy, that said, I think, he goes, hey, Mark, here's my business idea. I'd like to do XYZ on this drug. And so Mark started interacting with him. He's like, why just that drug? Why do we do it with every drug? And so he started engaging, going back and forth with this person. And so they came up with this idea of having, it's basically a, I forget the exact title, but a company in the public good. And so what he's done, and here's the magic bullet, if you will, on this company, no insurance. 
Even if you have insurance, he doesn't take insurance. So what you do is you log, you create an account on, you create, and I've done this, I checked it out. You create an account on Mark Cuban's drug cost plus company or whatever. And then you just type in your drug name. So if, if they have the drug, it, they'll just give you the price. It's the price of acquisition. Cocaine. Let's see what comes up here. <laughs> I think uh, heroin, uh, fentanyl. No, that's no, not those. That's drugs. down the street. Different drugs. Um, and they they mark it up fifteen percent. Whatever is doing so well to keep uh, the cost of the company going and to keep all the employees and everything going. And I think there's a shipping, a flat shipping yeah. charge. And tip if if it's a drug that they carry, it doesn't cover cover carry every drug. But if they do cover the drug, typically it's less than your copay. So that's it. Wow. That's the model. Uh, you cannot use your insurance. You're paying cash. You're setting it up and you can request drugs like, hey, can you start carrying this drug? And for a lot of people, like hundreds of thousands, if not millions by now, they're saving money and cutting their insurance company completely out of this transaction. Well, because a lot of times where so much money is spent is in the, like, I'll get a bill from the poly clinic. And it's like my insurance company will have paid on something. And then the following year, they had made a decision that they're no longer paying on that. And the amount of time I sit there talking to the polyclinic, they talk to the insurance company, and we're just punting this, of mail to go around. We're punting this ball around over $312 on a doctor, whatever that is. That takes up a lot of time and resources. So he, he's, he's, gotten ri- he's gotten rid of that. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, you guys, uh, coming back. Last time we told you that Ron and I may show up. We may show up. Um, we can't fly helicopters like Tom Cruise can when he flew his own helicopter, his own premiere. <laughs> so bad. you can try to hate Tom Cruise, but you kind of can't. <laughs> anyway, we just uh, heard a really cool story about him as they're getting ready for uh, Maverick Top Gun. That's supposed to be out, I think, May 24th-ish, right? But uh, been a lot of sneak peeks. We'll tell you that story on the other side. Switch to Mitch! Switch to Mitch! Switch to Mitch! Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, Ron, is switching to Mitch. That's right. right. Mitch.loans. Mitch Weeks joins us. And Mitch, you did something the other day that was amazing to us. Ron and Don Nation member wanted to buy a house. You were at an engagement party. The audacity of going to an engagement party. I was able to call you and get the approval letter because we just didn't have it and we put the deal together. So, A, thanks for answering the phone. And that's different than a big bank, right? It sure is. Yeah. I like to be always available for my customers, especially Ron and Don Nation. And yeah, you got a, you got me on the phone and I stepped out of the party and we quickly got him approved. It felt great. Yeah. It was on a Saturday night. I was bringing the buyer and I reached out to my friend Todd and Sue and I said, hey, let's reach out to Mitch tonight. And on a Saturday night, there's no big bank out there that's going to get this deal done. We got it done, and we were able to buy that home. We went on day one. We bought it on day one because Mitch was there, and he answered his phone on Saturday And then night. they are still getting the half a percent deal for being in the Ron and Don Nation from Mitch.loans. Go to Mitch.loans right now. If you're buying a new place, you save a half a percent just for being in the Ron and Don Nation. NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. It doesn't cost anything to sit down with us. Usually it's about 30 minutes. Uh, we've shortened them a little bit because uh, they need to be shortened because we do a lot of sit-downs. Plus, you don't want to spend that much time with us. 
Uh, you run out of coffee after a while. It's a virtual uh, meeting. Sit down, right? Yeah, go to ronandonsitdown.com. You can email me directly with a real estate question. I can set the appointment up, ron at windermere.com. Yeah, I thought this was a really cool story. Are, are you getting excited, ex- excited about uh, Maverick Top Gun as I am? I, I just watched the trailer uh, after you had been so pumped up about the episode. It looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It is totally cliche. I, all of the tropes is, is there. Yeah. But I, I definitely want to see it now. And you, and you know he's, you know, I, I don't know the plot line at all, and I don't want to know until I go see the movie. So I've been even, because sometimes trailers tell the whole story, and I don't want to know. But you know at some point he's going to have to get in that plane, and he's going to have to fly it. I was listening to one of the new actors who kind of has taken over the Tom Cruise Maverick role in in flight school. And he did say that they would go up with these Top Gun pilots every single day. And there were five actors that, that were in five different planes in particular, and he was one. And he said that he was very happy with himself that he was one of the only actors that didn't throw up every single day. He said three of the five of the actors every day they'd go up in that top gun plane he said they would they would throw up at least once and how so about that can we reveal what val kilmer's role is in this i mean yeah it's, it's i think in the so trailer. And, 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 the, and the backstory is and I've, I've shared this before i flew with val kilmer on a plane one time a southwest flight this is back when he was batman he they had let him on the back of the plane it's back in those old plane you guys when they had the 737s and you it was a cattle call and you everybody sit every is it still cattle call in southwest or I think did so. So it's cattle call, but the the remember when you had the three chairs facing the three chairs? So he was in uh, the three chairs in the back, and I was facing him, and he had his two kids. He had two different books, and he asked me to read a book to one of his uh, children to calm them down, and then he was reading a book to the other. He's in this purple jumpsuit, purple glasses, purple shoes. He was so cool. He was living in a treehouse at the time in New Mexico. He had gone through a divorce. He was in L.A., shooting and then he was flying back and forth so anyway you can google him and see the treehouse that he lives in new mexico really cool uh then they found out that he had throat cancer and he had said that if there was ever a top gun movie he wanted to be in it but then with throat cancer he thought there wouldn't be a place for him so he said he didn't want to be in the movie tom cruise knew that he really did and so tom cruise said hey if we're making this movie val kilmer has to be in it or we're not making it uh, and so I thought that that was really cool. And they said on the movie set, and this movie now was filmed almost three years ago. It's it's one of the first times that Val had really come out publicly and started dealing with his throat cancer. Uh, and he was still, because he had surgeries, he was still wearing uh, bandanas around his neck because I understand there's a hole in his throat. Uh, but I think it was this movie that was part of the healing process. And now he travels the country and does a one-man show, and I hear it's really good. So, so in the plot device in this movie is Iceman, Val Kilmer, his role. He's now an admiral. Uh, so oh, is that right? In his, his military career, like as, as Top Gun ends, the first one, over the next, what's it been, 35 years, the Tom Cruise character um is sort of a, a, a comet and and cannot be controlled and contained and so he's sort of out but val kilmer uh gets it under control and becomes an admiral moves up in the ranks to become an admiral and then there's a, a conflict that happens at flight school and so val kilmer as the admiral reaches back 
to Maverick. And like that, that's as much as I'll give away right now. But that's the plot point in that. So yeah, oh, we should totally man. let's go see it. We gotta wear our aviators. We'll uh, we gotta wear our aviators. We'll have a buffer seat between us. We'll get a popcorn. Yeah. Uh, we'll do surround buffer sound. Seat. Usually we don't even sit in the same row. Usually Ron and I go to movies. We don't even like, I'm not sitting next to you. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm in. I know you're going to take my popcorn. With I your remember hands. considering joining, like becoming a pilot out of high school. Cause I was so jacked up by that. Oh, movie. my friend, Tom Riney, he went right to flight school. Uh, he and I were going to go to Notre Dame together and I applied to Notre Dame, got in, he applied to Notre Dame, got in. And he said, you know what? I got in the United States Air Force, uh, and I'm going to their academy. He just retired as a lieutenant colonel. Good and, for him. And he was a Top Gun flyer. Did he have a need for speed? Uh, he had a need for speed. He had it. And then uh, he went on to uh, train, my understanding, is at one of their Top Gun schools. And he he went to the military academy because of that movie. So, Wait till you see the Goose storyline. Really? That's all I'm going to say. Huh can't come back can wait he? till you see the goose storyline he's dead there's no wait, wait till you see the goose storyline so come back wait, and, wait. oh let's wait till you see it does he still write well, yeah, just says okay wrap it up any bar scenes and, uh, end, of the, end, of the, end of the show anything happened in the bathroom which you know end about? of the show okay hey you guys thanks for uh stopping by listening to episode 401 don't forget summer driving season if you need tires leschwab.com 84 locations to serve you and right now you get 150 dollars off a set of tires right? yeah four select tires with les schwab financing learn more at leschwab.com slash sale you can also reach out to mitch uh, weeks if you need a loan mitch.loans he uh helps us out with a lot of home purchases also his refis arms everything uh, mitch.loans and reach out to me if you want to schedule a sit down ron at windermere.com interesting all right you guys head up shoulders back we'll see you next time for episode 402 we've done this 401 times already That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Head up, shoulders back. Here's my son to take us out. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All day! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.